Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. And today we're here with Diana Miriam. And I had a really hard time figuring out what her name meant. So if you look at look at it and you're like, is it Diania? It's not. It's Diana. So just don't, don't get lost there. Um, so I want to introduce her this way because it was really cool um, how we found each other. I got sick. We just didn't end up. We had to move the interview multiple times. So being able to sit down and actually talk is a privilege. And I'm excited to do that. So first off. She is the founder of the Economy Conference. So it's Economy, but it's Econ, Econo, and then M-E, right? So it's all about personal finance and taking care of yourself. And this lady has done some amazing things in her career. She, she was just telling me, it was almost like nonchalantly, but she basically like in three years built out her, her retirement. I mean, that's, that's cool. Most people aren't even able to do that in what, 50 years, whatever they're working for. So she's really here today to talk about how she's taken her conference that she's used to grow and scale her business, get her out of her job and start doing some amazing things in this space. So Diana, say what's up to everybody and we'll hop in. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. So let's, I, I know we talked about this in the pre-interview, but I really want to delve into um, how you run your business. Obviously, everybody, you're going to go check out this conference at the end of this. Obviously, we're going to promote that. But I want to walk through how Diana has been building this in such a smart way. So I want to walk through, Diana, first off, what is your conference and how have you been using that and to grow your yeah. business? So it's called the Economy Conference. And like you said, it's an M-E, not an M-Y at the end because I'm so clever. Um, it's actually also a registered trademark. So right here is my registered trademark. Wow. Um, so the that. Economy Conference is basically like the TED Talks of the FIRE movement. And FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. It's essentially a lifestyle movement with the goal of financial freedom. Now, with the fire movement, a lot of people get confused. Like, is this a cult or how are you saving such large percentages of your income? Because for years I saved 60% of my income. Um, and so that's kind of very confusing to most people. I would say that what we're doing within the fire movement is what everyone should be doing for healthy financial habits, right? We're keeping our expenses low, we're growing our income and we're investing the gap. The difference is that a traditional financial planner is gonna tell you to save 10 to 20% of your income. I save 60% of my income. So I'm just gonna reach retirement faster just due to my savings rate. I'm not doing anything fancy, I'm investing in low fee index funds. Um, so that's just kind of the premise of, of what the topic is. I think when, when you talk about how I run my business, it's important to kind of go back to what was my motivation for even creating it. And the reason why I created it is because I thought to myself, what would I do if I didn't have to work for money? If I was financially independent and I had the opportunity to retire at 40 years old, which I'm on track to do, what would I want to do with my time? Because obviously I'm not going to sit around and do nothing all day, but I don't have any pressure to make money because my financial needs are covered. Um, and so I thought, well, wouldn't it be so fun to create a party about money, which is actually how one, uh, attendee described it in our post event survey last year. And what motivated me was that I, I go to this event every year called world domination summit. Do you know this event? Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing. I've gone the last three years that they had it and hopefully I, I don't know that it's going to be 
happening in June or July this year. I think they're going to push it back again. But every time I go to this event, I feel like I'm surrounded by people that really inspire me. And it feels like my life is so full of opportunity. I just, it's like, I walk out of there on a high, like I could do anything. Right. And so I wanted to create that feeling for other people about money because money is such a taboo topic. A lot, it causes a lot of shame. People don't really talk about it. And so me kind of diving into this whole world, this whole fire world completely changed my life. It enabled me to get out of 30 grand of debt in 11 months and then start saving 60% of my income. And that just opened up a world of options for me. So I think that it probably isn't relevant to most of your audience to say, I created a business that I have no intention of making money off of, which is true. Um, But I do think that I'm using it as almost a springboard to other sources of income. So my original plan was, you know, I've had a career in brand extension and licensing for the past 12 years. I was six years away from retirement from financial independence. So I just thought, let me just put my head down and keep going with that. That's where I'm making my money. And then the other things that I'm doing with my time are more like passion projects. It looks like work to other people, but to me, it's just fun. And I actually don't need to make money off of that stuff because I was making good money in my corporate career. Um, that changed because I actually quit my job. So, uh, Three weeks ago was my last day. So I am three weeks into unemployment, self-employment, whatever you want to call it. And so now I have a need to make an income. And I would say that my event isn't necessarily a good source of income because I'm very committed to keeping the ticket price low and accessible so that we can appeal to a broader audience. Um, and I just don't I just don't see it as a cash cow. I see it as a, a launching pad to other things. And it really gives me a lot of credibility in a space that I want to participate in. Also, I don't pay my speakers. I've really modeled the event a lot after TED Talks. It's a lot easier for me to convince someone to speak without me paying them when they know I'm not making any money off of it either. Um, I also think there's so much predatory stuff out there about personal finance, like come to my course and I'll teach you how to win in real estate. Well, that guy is not winning in real estate. He is winning by selling you his course about winning in real estate. Right. And so I just see a lot of predatory stuff out there and I don't want to be in that game. So by me not personally profiting from this, um, I think that I'm making a big statement about just work in general, right? Like not every piece of work that you do needs to be monetarily compensated. Um, Also, I get so many non-monetary benefits for doing this and I get to protect it as a creative endeavor because there's no pressure for it to provide for my livelihood. So like if a speaker is a pain in the ass, well, then I don't want to work with you anymore. The only thing I get out of this is the joy of the work. So if, if someone is not fun to work with, well, then they can move on. You know, I don't know that I would have that kind of freedom, creative freedom, if I was pressured to, to make my livelihood off of this. That being said, it, it has opened up a lot of doors. So I took a job in the summer as the new host for Optimum Finance Daily, Optimal Finance Daily, which is a daily show where I read from personal finance bloggers and then offer my own commentary on it. They are like in the top 1% of all podcasts. We get well over 300,000 downloads per week. They are paying me to market myself because they loved what I did with economy. You know, I've got opportunities to write two books this year based on what I've been able to do with economy. Um, 
I'm also going to be selling um, financial wellness workshops to corporations to help people understand how powerful their retirement uh, benefits can be as, as an example of someone who fully funded um, their retirement vehicles four years in a row and basically set myself up where, you know, in 35 years for traditional retirement, you know, I don't have to contribute another dollar uh, from what I have in there now due to the power of compound interest. So that kind of stuff has opened up because I produced something that I didn't intend to make an income from, you know? So I just think that not having that pressure has enabled me to create something that I'm really proud of and to just enjoy it for what it is. Um, I realize that I'm in a really fortunate financial position to do that, that not everyone can do that. But I think that I, I just want to reiterate that not all work that you do has to like specifically result in a monetary value at that time. I think there's, there's a long game here. Right. And so I think you can be a little bit more strategic about, you know, the kind of work that you do and what generates income and what doesn't. Yeah. And, and honestly, everybody, I just wanted to point this out. This is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show, you know, today, because honestly, Diana, the, the cool part of your story, the inspirational part is that you did all this while you had a job and you built an event with 200 attendees. I mean, people working full-time have a hard time filling that up. We actually have an event here in my hometown. Um, I don't, I don't know if they list this or not, so I don't want to like, hurt any feelings, but they, they sell their tickets for $300 and it's basically like a Ted talks conference, um, with Idaho business people. And it's kind of a joke. They have a really hard time selling tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, anybody, if you want to try and sell something, don't sell to people in Idaho. They're like the most frugal people on the planet. Um, I started my first business here, so I, I know how it goes. Uh, but, but uh, you know, that being said, like, it's cool to see that you were able to do that while you're in a job. But I wanted to point out something here to kind of go along with what you had said. The reality is that when you are trying to enter into the entrepreneurial world or maybe scale your business in the entrepreneurial world, it's all about getting in the boys club and <laughs> people do yeah. not understand that. And it has, has nothing to do with there. There's not even barriers to get into those clubs, right? This isn't like the yacht club or some like chauvinist male club, right? It's, it's literally getting into these clubs is all about get yourself around other people and be seen as a thought leader. And you did that with a conference, right? And that was, what was so cool is <laughs> some people will be like, I'm gonna start a podcast or I'm gonna do this, right? You know, what? I'm going to fill an event with 200 people. Insanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the, the thing that struck me, cause there, I definitely had moments where I'm like, should I cancel this thing? Like I, I took a 40 grand loss on my first event. That's another reason why I just promote financial literacy as a mode to entrepreneurship, because I didn't have to take out a loan for that. I didn't have to sell any investments for that. You know, I was able to fully fund my passion project and, and, take a 40 grand loss and barely feel it, you know? And so that I'm very fortunate in that sense. But I also knew that my event, you know, I'm really inspired by World Domination Summit and that's $700 a ticket. 
I wanted my event to feel like you could have, you would have want, like you would have willingly paid $700 to go because it was that good. And you got to go for $200. I wanted to far exceed everyone's expectations because I knew that, and by the way, it was 250 people. Um, <laughs> I knew that if those 250 people had a, like an amazing time and they felt the way that I felt when I went to world domination summit, that now I have 250 brand ambassadors walking around talking about my event. And now if they just bring one more person, now we've doubled our audience the next year. So to me, it felt like the long game, right? Like just because it's not immediately profitable. Now I don't want to be stupid about it. There does come a certain point where it's like, okay, this is just not sustainable. This business isn't viable. I got to change the model in some way. I'm not there yet. Um, but I, I get it that like, I just, I can't be so idealistic about this for the long term and continue to take a 40 grand loss every year. Um, but I just think that far exceeding people's expectations, especially when you're first starting out, like that's how you get super fans. That's how you get, you know, your thousand true fans versus trying to appeal to everyone. I don't need millions of people to fall in love with my brand. I need 700. That's it you know, and then everybody else can enjoy the free videos I put up on YouTube. But that's, that's kind of my business model and being able to kind of keep it lean that way offers me a lot of creative flexibility. And it allows you to really test the market. That's what's cool. I mean, and you'll even see this as you get further and further into the journey, right? Is that you don't know what people want until you do it and you yeah. have to put it out there and fail enough times. And people are like, you know, I'm not really interested in buying that. It's cool, but I don't want to buy it. That's when you know, okay, I'm not, I'm not hitting the right nerve. But when people come to events, they hand you their wallet and say, I'm ready to come to your event. They've, they've proven that they want to go there. And that's what's so cool is you can then take people who go there. And as you said, you've built 250 brand advocates in a way that nobody else is able to do, right? Because you're, you're getting that interaction with them probably on a one-to-one -one level with only 250 people there. Oh yeah, for sure. That's, for sure. That's a big, big deal. So I want to ask you a couple more questions here before we, we end up the interview here. So as you've been building out this event, what have you seen um, as far as like, what's been the best way for you to fill that event? Because I know a lot of the people watching this, that's kind of their next step for scaling is saying, Hey, I want an intimate event where I charge $250 or whatever, right. To come to this event. How did you fill it? Uh, podcasts podcast interviews. I did 17 last year. Um, and that is the way that I think most people heard about it. I spent probably $6,000 on digital marketing, got me no return on investment. It was a complete waste. And I just kept trying because you, everyone tells you, you got to post on Facebook every day and you got to buy the ads and you got to do Instagram and you got to do these live things and stories and blah, blah, blah. It was a complete waste of time for me. Um, I, I built my career in brand extension and licensing, which is all about leverage. You're leveraging brand equity. So I've just always had this concept of leverage in everything that I do. And so I don't want to build an audience from nothing. I want to go leverage someone else's audience. Josh's audience, right? I want to steal them away. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, other people have you. already <laughs> <laughs> other people have already built up incredible audiences. The way that you're gonna reach them is like collaborating, getting on podcasts. Free webinars have also been a really great way for me to to spread the word. Um, and and getting, you know, other influencers in my space to kind of share it. 
Um, but yeah, I would say podcasting has been the number one thing to spread the word. I also got on good day Columbus as well as, um, WLW here in Cincinnati, like the two big morning shows for the region. And that certainly helped. Um, but you know, it's such a niche event. And so to like you, it, the marketing needs to be really, really targeted. And that's what I like about the podcast too, because you're really only reaching the people that are like interested in personal finance, which given the statistics around how the majority of people can't pull together $400 for an emergency expense, this is not like a very popular job. Like most people don't want to go have a party about money unless you're like a real money nerd. And that's, that's who I need to market to. Well, an entrepreneur's most of us are that way, right? <laughs> I, I think the fun thing about be, you know, your conference in general, right? Getting people excited about money is there is this like holier than thou approach of, well, I'm not about the money. I'm about the helping people, right? And the reality is that the money is what fuels that, right? And people don't realize that it's okay to be motivated by that. Just don't let it drive everything that you do, every decision you right. make. Right. Well, the business has to be profitable in order for it to be sustainable. I am just in a fortunate position that I don't personally need to profit from the event. However, as much as I'm not like personally profiting, all of the things that I want to do with my time are now business expenses. So when I go to FinCon, when I go speak at a Camp Fi, when I go, you know, even buying this new laptop, this is now a business expense. So it's it's not like there's no financial benefit for me, um, but I'm able to basically do all of the things that I would want to do anyway. And now they're just business expenses. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. And that's, I think, especially anybody listening to this, they get that, right? <laughs> Being an entrepreneur, it's like so cool that when you can write vacations off, right? That's, that's oh, yeah. fun. <laughs> um, so that's cool. No, I really, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And I hope people, like everybody listening to this will think about how, how this relates. I really like, you're an inspirational story. That's why I thought it was so cool to bring you on because you aren't the, the typical guest we bring on here, right? A lot of these people are like, oh yeah, I'm well into my entrepreneurial career and all this stuff, but you literally like skipped 25 steps and hopped to the front of the line by starting a conference. Right. And I thought that was so cool. Um, it was cool to just bring you on and talk with you about that. So I hope people will think about that in their own business to say, okay, what other benefits would there be for me launching an event or doing a podcast or something where you're, you're getting yourself out there and building a tribe. Um, as everybody knows, listening to this, that's one of our core pillars in our company, right? Is build that community of people. Everybody calls them the raving fans, like you mentioned, or whatever. There's like a billion ways to call it, but it's the people who actually care about and, and you have personally met. That's why I love the event concepts. It's getting to know people really in a one-to-one -one situation or a group situation. Yeah. And there are ways, like a lot of people recommended to me when I was starting out, like, why do you need to get 700 people to spend $200? Why not get 20 people to spend $5 to join you in something like, like test it on a smaller scale. And in theory, I totally agree with that. Like before you go in all in on something like test, first of all, to make sure that it's viable, but also like that you're going to enjoy doing it. Um, I just wasn't interested in a small scale event. I wanted to do something massive and, um, so I kind of went about it the wrong way, but I had the financial bandwidth to take that huge risk. Most people that do events, they start with a blog and then they write a book and then they have a podcast. Like they spend years building up a following and then they do the event. I went from no one knowing my name to doing an event.
it's a huge ask to get people to travel to like come to my event. Right. So I think like, unless you're willing to take that big of a risk because you're real, if you want to make money, events are not the way to make money. Right. And so it, if you're, you might take, consider like the event being the last thing you do versus the first thing you do. Um, I was comfortable with that, but I wouldn't want to just advise everyone to like, go start an event. It's look how good I did. You know, like I, you, everyone has a different set of circumstances that will make them more or less successful on this kind of endeavor. I love it. Well, two final questions for you just to wrap this up. So the very first one is where can people get access to the event? Sure. So early bird tickets are going to go on sale on March 7th and they're going to run through April 10th. And then it's full price after that. The event is happening on November 13th and 14th of this year. Um, but I already scheduled a backup date for March, 2022. So if we find that we still can't gather in a large group come November, no worries. We already have the date pushed back and I will make that decision by September 1st. But if you go to economyconference.com and remember that's economy with an M E, uh, you will be able to buy tickets there. Love it. Absolutely. So make sure you go check that out. So it's economy conference. Remember it's M E not M Y. <laughs> um, I love that. So make sure you go check those tickets out. If you're a money nerd, that's going to be the place that you want to be. <laughs> so Diana, just my final question for you is if you could give one final parting piece of guidance to our audience, what would that be? Mm. Let your curiosity be bigger than your fear. It's words I live by. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.